The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home, for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, already. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. I am your host today, Noah Beanick. You can follow me or find me on Twitter at 77NB. That's the word 70, the number 7NB. And today was the very first day of the College World Series this year, and both dogs won. It did not upset, unlike both games. Um, great great payouts for people that were just riding the plus signs, taking the plus signs today. It was a great day of baseball. And I went one and three yesterday. I took both unders on the podcast. Um, And the main story of the day today is that both games went over and it didn't really play to how Omaha typically plays. Now for me, and for some other college baseball diehards, we like this because honestly, like it, it's not an anomaly. It doesn't play different from every other game you ever play throughout the regular season. You're actually able to have some offense and hit a couple of balls over the wall. Now hitting like seven in a game, that gets to be a little bit out of hand, but we didn't technically have that. We had Oklahoma put up a lightning fest through the first four innings and have uh, what was it, 13 runs recorded in the first four innings. But it wasn't, like, I don't know, too too bad. Like, obviously, we probably have some juiced balls in the mix here. But uh, to highlight the day, I mean, we had the Grand Slam by Jackson Nicholas in the fourth inning. Um, Oklahoma chased Nathan Detmer out of the game pretty fast there in the uh, – I think it was the first two innings. Maybe he went he went one point two innings, so he didn't even get out of the second inning. Uh, just really disappointing for Texas A and M because he was a guy that they needed to at least get like four or five so they could bridge him into um, Menifee, who they brought in to finish off that inning, and then uh, maybe maybe get them to uh, polish and try to win this game for him. But I mean, we saw that patented Texas A&M offense come into David Sandlin. They had no problem hitting that guy. He only got one out, gave up four runs. Um, It was only on two hits, but there was a walk in between there, I believe. But um, yeah, the the Jackson Nicholas home run was awesome. Uh, Treadaway went three for six. He had a good day himself. Robertson had the first 
three of the four RBIs of the game. He had a, a ground out in the first inning that scored John Spikerman, and then he had a, a hard ground ball up the middle of the infield for two more RBIs. So that was a, a quick one. And uh, it was uh, the Sooners had basically ended the game through the first two innings. It was 8-0. to um, Texas A&M, like I mentioned, they showed great fight there to uh, make this one close. And, I mean, we had one, two, three, four home runs hit in this game. Like, th- that's been more of a normal college baseball game this year. And that's kind of like the baseball that I would like to see, maybe a little bit less scoring than uh, 25 runs in the game. But, or where's my math at here? It's 21, 13 to 8. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been a long day watching a lot of college baseball. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a more exciting game than a 3-2 ball game that takes four and a half hours like they do in Omaha sometimes. Uh, very, very much enjoyed this game uh, in the latter half because in the first half it was really 8-0. to And, I mean, Texas A&M didn't really get into this game until, I would say, the seventh inning when they made it interesting on Sandlin. Uh, they put up three runs in the second. Uh, to bounce back after that seven-run second inning from Oklahoma. Then they scratched across, across one in the fourth and had their really good inning in the seventh inning with four. And Oklahoma tacked down one more in the ninth to make it 13-8. to eight. And then going into the nightcap, there was 25,000 fans here for Texas-Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a pretty good show out from what I hear. Um, so you love to see that from for me. I'm rooting for them as a northern ball player myself. Uh, love, love, love to see a Northern ball team playing well. And that's exactly what we have in Notre Dame here. Like I mentioned to start off the podcast, I thought that it would be a rough matchup for them to have to play through. But, I mean, uh, John Michael Bertrand pitched through it very well, went 5.1, only gave up three runs. And then Jack Finley came in and closed it off going 2.1, didn't give up a run. So, I mean, uh randy my guest today he's one of the true uh we started the college baseball slack channel and there was only eight guys in it and randy i believe was one of the first eight so uh along with the help of him dryden you've heard on this podcast and ryan aka bush league bets you've heard him on this podcast as well the three of those guys have been very active in that slack channel and given out sharp plays left and right and they they keep it they keep it fun and they keep it competitive with me in there they love to just chop it up and i knew that from the conversations that me and him have had over the past and that me and dryden have had over the past and then me and ryan have had over the past i knew that randy would be a good guest on the podcast and i wanted to have him on like i had ryan and dryden on and just kind of show them a little bit of love for helping me build uh, this helping me and Colby build that Slack channel over there. Um, but yeah, Texas, they had Pete Hansen didn't have his best stuff again today. That's two rough starts for him. Gave up nine hits and 4.1 innings, gave up six earned runs, only had five strikeouts, didn't walk a guy though. He hit two batters and coming into this game, he had only hit three batters all game or all season long. Um, the bright side of this though, and it it's bright side but 
then again, they've used him for 59 pitches now, is that Tristan Stevens had another good outing again today. He came in for 4.2 innings in relief, only gave up two runs. The one earned run was a homer. Uh, He had two strikeouts and one walk, and the walks have been what's plagued him to go 4.2 with only one. It's a good sign from him. And uh, we we saw two home runs from the Notre Dame side, and uh, Jarrett Miller, who's an amazing story. This was his fourth game back from injury. He hit a home run in his first game back against Tennessee. He's hit one here now. Uh, in the fifth inning or the first inning off of Pete Hansen to get the party started for the fighting Irish there. And then uh, uh, what's his name? Carter puts put up uh, another home run. That guy, that guy's been insanely hot throughout the postseason, or at least through the Tennessee series into the first game here against Texas. Um, he had two RBIs on that home run. Uh, Jared Miller had another RBI and Myers had two RBIs out of the nine hole. Just a very, very solid game from a solid baseball team that doesn't make mistakes. Didn't have one single error in the field today. They had uh, one ball that I think I think it got kicked around, but it wasn't recorded as an error. Um, and, yeah, just Texas wasn't able to take advantage of seeing the left-handed pitchers like I thought they would be able to. But – Enough of this rambling on about reviewing the games. We have a great, great discussion between me and Randy for uh, Saturday's slate of games, June 18th for the College World Series. Before we get to those, though, I got to run through these ads. We got five of them right here, right now today. We start off with the presenting sponsor of the podcast, Win Bet. Make sure to get uh, down on wins bet $50, win $200 bet promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. That's a lot of bets, baby. Bet $500 on sports or the casino before July 31st, 2022 to get entered into win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed, so if you bet $1,000, you would get two entries. Also, all users can bet $100 on the NBA or the casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as a meet-and-greet with DJ Diesel himself this summer. All users can also bet $100 on golf from Thursday to Sunday in the U.S. Open and earn an entry into a prize drawing where a winner and a guest will receive a complimentary round of golf at Wynn Golf Club and a two-night stay at Wynn Las, Wynn Las Vegas. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform with millions of players, and you probably already have some uh, fantasy leagues of yourself on there for uh, you and your friends, and I use it for some of mine. It's a game-changer product, unlike anything else in the industry, and now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, the number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. 
It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button, and it's insanely fun to write it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper Now to play their new over-under game, have fun with your friends, and make some money. Use our promo code SGPMLB to get 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Gentlemen, Father's Day is right around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, and it's the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke, so treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. First off, let me start by saying the Lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day. Does your dad use the same trigger for his body and face? Let's throw that old one out the window and give him the new upgrade he deserves. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code SGP. SGP. Shake your what your mama gave you? No, shake what your daddy gave you. The College Baseball Experience is also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on, so stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP. And claim 70% savings. That's IPVANISH.com slash SGP. 
All right. Now on the college baseball experience, one of the OG members of the college baseball Slack channel, AKA the DGen dugout representing LSU. We have Randy, AKA Honkus from the channel. How are you doing, my man? Hey, no, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I, I mean, so you're a Tiger fan and I mean, I just wanted to get one of the OG guys on for the pod during the college world series. And you were one of the guys that has been contributing to that channel and helping me just give out plays during the, uh, during the season. And I, I had Dryden on and I had uh, Alex on and I, I wanted to get you on cause you were one of the, like the originals that was always commenting. So I know you're a tiger fan. You're an LSU one and not a tiger or not an Auburn one. Unfortunately, your team's done, but talk about, the LSU's first year with head coach Jay Johnson, maybe they didn't get to where you wanted them to get to this year, but you've got a great recruiting class coming in this year. And Dylan Cruz is probably going to be a top five overall pick next year. How is the transition from Paul Maneri to Jay Johnson going in your eyes? Uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's been, it's been okay. Um, obviously we didn't get to the college world series and that's, that's pretty much the, you know, expectation, uh, in Baton Rouge, uh, if not, you know, super regional, um, you know, to, to go all the way to Omaha. So these days with college baseball and the parody out there, you know, it's probably a little bit unfair to you know expect that every year, but it's LSU. So, you know, we have some pretty high standards. Gotcha. And then, uh, what are your feelings about, uh, Jay Johnson this year and maybe seeing Paul Maneri out there supporting Notre Dame right now in the, in Omaha for the college world. Series? Yeah, no, I, I saw, I saw that. I saw he just went and visited, um, up there and had nothing but good things to say about Link Jarrett. You know, um, Paul did a lot of great things at LSU, uh, most notably the 2009 college world series, uh, championship. Um, but you know, everything, everything runs its course and, you know, I think uh, Paul really had some health problems last year that kind of uh, kept him from really coaching at the top of his game. And, you know, I believe it was time for you know some fresh blood. So as far as Coach Johnson, uh, super excited about the future. As you mentioned, we have the number one recruiting class coming in next year. Of course, that's with always with the huge caveat of who actually gets to campus. But, um, you know, we'll see how uh, how the NIL uh, works with keeping some of these um high uh high draft pick signees uh in college as opposed to going going pro yeah for sure so either way i even even though lsu is not one of the final eight teams i think you're perfect for this episode because we have three sec west teams playing on today's slate so as an sec guy yourself you probably have a pretty good feel on some of these teams i'd say but first before we get to the, some of the teams that are still alive do you have an opening statement or a message to some uh missouri or mississippi state fan bases um well you know those are the other um the other two fan bases in the sec west that didn't make it to omaha uh, along with lsu so um if you're counting uh four of seven of our division made it to omaha which is ridiculous um (laughs) funny enough it's not really the it's not even the first time that's happened um back in i think 97 98 we had four uh, SEC West teams uh, make it to Omaha, but um, yeah, you know, um, I've watched all these teams play. Um, the four SEC series that LSU lost this year were Texas A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Auburn. So you know, we won six out of our ten SEC series, and the four we happened to lose made it to Omaha. So you know, n- not uh, I'm not going to take any um, you know 
I'm not going to be like a like moral victory or anything, but um, it, it it didn't feel as bad, you know, after after that. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but there are some positive takeaways, I guess. So definitely. So yeah, I've seen I've seen these teams play this year, so you know, I, I think um, you know have a good perspective and hope we can deliver some actionable advice to all the DJs out there for today's slate. Yeah. So let's get into it. I mean, game one tomorrow, we have it at uh, one o'clock central time and Omaha uh, local time. Ole Miss, they're the three seed. They're the 64th team into the team, uh, into the field. Oh, wait, Noah, let me stop you there, Noah. So the first game tomorrow is actually Stanford, Arkansas. Oh, shoot. I have my, I have my page flipped around. That's my bad. Okay. Oh yeah, no, no worries. Um, You're right. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Auburn is is the nightcap at uh, 6 p.m. there in uh, Omaha. But um, if you want to jump into this, if you want to jump into the Stanford game, uh, we we can jump right in. Um, uh, You know, Stanford is 46 and 17, 21 and nine out of the Pac-12. They're both the Pac-12 regular season and tournament champions, and they're facing Arkansas, who's 43 and 18, 18 and 12 in the SEC, and you know, it's, it should be a great one. Yeah, man. You caught me off my A game there. I, I, I didn't flip my notebook back from when I wrote it down. So uh, yeah, one o'clock central time, Omaha, Arkansas, Stanford, Arkansas is opening as the dog. They're minus one Oh five. They're the two seed in this matchup. Stanford gets the hammer there and they're the home team. They're minus minus one fifteen. The total here is set at 10 and a half. Um, actually just getting updated now, as I see it, the over is minus 120, the under is plus 100 and Stanford on the run line minus one and a half is plus 150 Arkansas minus 175 on February 27th, Stanford won by a score of five to zero where Quinn Matthews started for the trees and Hagen Smith went for the Razorbacks. Both of these guys now would most likely be found out of the bullpen today, but there is a slim chance that Matthews could still start with Alex Williams, Stanford, Stanford's ace after his recent struggles here. Williams has given up 16 runs in his last 10.2 innings pitched. And in specific, he got chased by UConn after just two innings of work and seven runs against. In that February game, Matthews threw six innings where he only gave up two hits and he had 10 strikeouts in that game. The Razorbacks offense is significantly uh, better than that 30 degree weather day, but their weakness is still left-handed pitching. Uh, Randy, who do you think David Esker is going to trot out here for the Cardinal? Yeah. Um, much has been made about Alex Williams postseason. You know, everybody knows the, the 16 earned runs and in 10 innings. I mean, it's been, it's been rough three starts for him. Um, a lot of people don't know before that he had a ridiculous run. Um, check this out. No, I, he had a run of the year. That's true. And his, in his previous eight starts, he only gave up three earned runs over 51, 59 innings. Um, It's almost 60 innings and three earned runs. And that wasn't, uh, you know, against just anybody. Um, There was three tournament teams in there uh, with Oregon state, UCLA and um, grand Canyon, one of your favorites. So, you know, (laughs) I I think, (laughs) I I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be Alex Williams. And I think it's just going to be a matter of which one, uh, which Alex Williams shows up. Um, but I know that, uh, David Esker is going to have somebody ready to go in case, uh, in case there is, is, is some issues. I, I, I think he kind of favors Quinn Matthews in that, um, you know, sixth, seventh inning role where he brings him in, just lets him close the game out. So I don't know if he'll go straight to Quinn Matthews, uh, but, you know, uh, probably to one of his other, um, 
you know, other relievers uh, that we've seen, uh, you know, like yeah, a Drew, Drew Dowd. Drew Dowd was one that I was thinking yeah, he might be able to go to if uh, Alex isn't on point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think you've made it this far. You just got to go with the arms that have gotten you here to this point. Uh, confirmed starting. He's our one confirmed starting pitcher that we have so far. Connor Nolan for Arkansas. He's seven and five on the year with a 386 ERA, 105 strikeouts, 33 walks, and 101.1 innings pitched. And we're both projecting that Alex Williams, who's eight and three with a 288 ERA, 90 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 97 innings pitched this year, will get the start just in case we see that Quinn Matthews name pop up on the bottom line. He's nine and one on the year uh, with a 262 ERA, 110 strikeouts. The walks are a little bit of an issue with him. He's got 47 of them in 96.1 innings pitch. So almost every inning he is walking a batter, but his opponents only bat 204 against him. Um, do you have any words on the Stanford lineup? I mean, you were pretty high on Stanford coming into the tournament. I know you had them as your uh, bracket champion. So tell me a little bit about the Cardinal. Stanford is a legit one through nine lineup. There's no breaks in this lineup at all. Um, they, they hit for average. They hit for power. They get on base. Uh, they, re they really do it all, Noah. Um, I mean, when you have um, Adam Crampton in the nine hole, um, you know, hitting 306 on the year and um, 370 in the postseason, Eddie Park in the eight hole. I mean, um, th these guys are, like I said, a legit one through one through nine. And, you know, there, there's there's no um, there's no breaks or nobody to pitch around. Yeah. And Eddie Park's been uh, crazy good uh, so far this postseason. And he won Stanford Regional Most Outstanding Player. And he's, like you said, hitting eighth in that lineup. Uh, Stanford has perhaps the third or the second best offense in Omaha this year. On February 27th, Stanford put up 13 hits in 30-degree weather compared to Arkansas's three. Stanford has seven guys with an average above 300 or better compared to Arkansas's only four above 290. But we can't sleep on this Arkansas offense because since 27th of February, they've been much better. And they won that record high in scoring uh, Stillwater Regional by scoring 37 runs in just three games against Oklahoma State alone. Do you think that Connor Nolan stays hot or Alex Williams stays cold? Or is Alex Williams going to string enough innings together for a good start, maybe six or seven, to hand the ball off to Matthews in this pen and get Stanford the win? Or do you have Arkansas win in this game? I'm going to have to go with Stanford here. And the main reason is experience. Uh, six of the eight Stanford position players started three games last year in Omaha on their college world series team. On the other hand, Arkansas, only one of nine um, of their starters uh, has any college world series experience. And um, believe it or not, it's their starting pitcher who uh, started there as a freshman, uh, Connor Nolan. So I think based on experience, uh, Stanford is uh, going to get the job done and um, we're going to see, you know, probably, uh, you know, five or six innings out of Alex Williams. And like you said, hand the ball off to, to Quinn Matthews to, to finish it up. So you're on Stanford here, minus 115. I'm going to go the other way with Arkansas. I really like the momentum they have coming out of the regional and super regional. They've shown us that they can win in multiple different ways, whether it's a Blitzkrieg Fest putting up at least 10 runs for both sides here or winning a 4-1, 4-3 ball game against North Carolina and the Supers. 
Um, a team that shows you they can win in multiple different game scripts, I believe, can be very dangerous in Omaha. And we've seen the ball fly so far uh, in the tournament in Charles Schwab Field, or as I want to call it, the Chuck, but I know some people are calling it the Schwab <laughs> this year. Um, any feelings on that total? We have a 10 and a half total here. And I'm, I don't know if I said the odds for Arkansas for my pick, but it's that plus 100 right now that I see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not betting the total, uh, one way or the other, but you know, gun, gun to my head, I'm, I'm probably taking the, I'm probably taking the under, uh, I, I think the correlated plays here are if, if you, if you think Stanford's going to win then take the under, and if you're on Arkansas, I'll take the over. Um, that's the way I see it playing out. So I'm leaning toward the under. I was kind of going the opposite way here. I, I don't know what Alex Williams were going to get to show up, but I do know the Stanford's bats are going to show up. I, I feel like either way, I think Stanford could probably put up four or five alone. And if Alex Williams has one of those seven, eight inning or seven, eight run first three innings of the game, that's, quite possibly what could be what Oklahoma did to Texas A&M and hit the over by themselves before the fourth inning ends. I feel like that could be a game script we have here, or another one could be Stanford puts up two or three on a good Nolan start and Arkansas puts up three on a a good Williams start. And then we get a, a good baseball game at the end and we get a couple of runs scratched across against both of these bullpens. Um, Brady Tiger, the normal closer for Arkansas, I mean, once he's been moved out of this closer role for Hagen Smith, Tiger's been a little bit uh, here and there, whether he's given up a run or two in his two out, three out performances here. So that's the one spot where I think Stanford could get a couple of runs on Arkansas if they get into this bullpen. Do you have any strong feel on whether Stanford runs away with this and they win it on the run line? Um, no, no, I, I wouldn't take it on the run line either. Um, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not really going out on a limb here, but, um, you know, I feel good about, about Stanford getting the win, but I just like kind of harken back to that, um, Texas, uh, Texas state game, you know, where I'm pretty sure I took them on the run line. And, and of course, um, Stanford famously came back in the, in the bottom of the ninth and, and only one by one. So, I wouldn't want to get stuck. Uh, I wouldn't want to get stuck in another position like that. So I'm probably uh, just leaning Stanford over money line here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now we get to the game that I foolishly, um, what, what do you, whatever you want to call it, left it on cliffhanger, I guess. Ole Miss, the three yeah. seed, the 64th team into the 64 team field, 37 and 22 on the year. Auburn, 42 and 20. We have Ole Miss, who's minus 140 as the three seed. Favorite against the number 14 overall seed in the tournament, Auburn, who's plus 120. Uh, the total set at 10 with the over juice slightly at minus 115 compared to minus 105 on the under. And Ole Miss at minus one and a half is plus 125. And Auburn plus one and a half is minus 145. This is a great SEC West matchup between two foes that many thought, and including me, wouldn't be here right now. So let's have some fun first before we talk about this game. Would you rather, who would you rather have on your team right now? Would it be Ole Miss's Tim Elko, who has a 302 batting average and OPS of 1068, 22 home runs, 71 RBIs, or are you going to take the juice box and Sonny D, 
Sonny Deshera, who has a 392 batting average, an OPS of 1369, 22 home runs, and 59 RBIs on the season. I mean, that's that's like choosing between a you know a Lamborghini and a you know a, a Porsche. I mean, they're they're both um, they're both great players, but I'm going to go with Sonny D here and his. Um, I, I don't want to mess this up because when I saw this stat uh, earlier this year. I was just floored, but um, so Sonny D uh, has a, give me one second, because this is going to be worth it, guys, uh, a ridiculous 560 on base percentage. And, you know, I know he's not like your typical, like, guy that you think about, like, you know, OBP is just, you know, I mean, because he's a, he's a power hitter as well. But, I mean, that that's the the, the stat that really just stuck out at me is um, he, he gets on base as well. So, you know, that's uh, and that's powered by 68, uh, 68 walks to go along yeah. with that 392 average you mentioned. They've been giving him some bonds treatment. I don't know about intentionally walking with the bases loaded, but first and second, they're walking them still like they're they're loading the bases with him going up. And unless uh, well, Oregon State's not, but uh, yeah. everybody else is. So, yeah, Oregon sorry, State. Dryden. Didn't quite learn their lesson. The first, very first inning, they gave up a two-run bomb on a 2-0 pitch to Sonny Deshera in that first game. That costed them the game. They ended up losing that by two runs, which was the Deshera home run. And then in game three, pretty much the same situation happened. And that's what I was going to get to is Cole Foster in the two-hole and Bobby Pierce in the four-hole are both hitting very well in this tournament. And it's not giving the teams the luxury of being able to walk Sonny D like they used to be able to two in the regular season one more step to this question though let's raise it a little bit sunny d or the hispanic titanic ivan melendez oh well uh, i mean you know yeah that's that's going to be ivan and i you know i, I saw he just won the dick Houser trophy and you know it's well deserved and i know he's up there for the golden spikes as well so um i i i, I mean i don't know what do you think you think he's, he's gonna win it but um but yeah, I mean, give give me uh, give me an Ivan on that one. <clears throat> I, yeah, I think it's I think it's Ivan in the runaway. But I mean, behind him, it's Sonny Deshera, honestly. So uh, I figured that was a little fun question that I could ask you. But what's your opinion on this game before I get into uh, some of this pitching handicaps here? Yeah. So well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, and this is a lesson that I learned um, this year about about handicapping baseball games and. You know, it's basically handicapping 101, and it's know the starting pitchers. Um, don't don't uh, go in and you know spout off on who you're going to take and who you like without really um, knowing you know who's going to be starting or having yeah. a really good idea. So I, I think that that's really key to the handicap here. Now I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Dylan Delucia's getting the ball for Ole Miss, but for Auburn, I I, I I've seen people saying that it's going to be Trace Bright. Uh, yeah. Trace Bright, I. Honestly, I don't think it would be very bright if they did that. I mean, <laughs> good one. I mean, if, if, if they start him, honestly, they deserve to go two and cube because I mean, I know you'll probably get into his stats, but um, you know, he's got, he's got a, a 5.23 ERA. Um, you know, he's four and four on the year, but, but the thing here is, you know, we're looking at either Trace Bright or Joseph Gonzalez. Yes. And the, the one thing that really stands out here to me is Trace Bright did pitch against Ole Miss back in March. Uh, he gave up uh, three three earned runs, six runs uh, total in four innings in a 15 to two loss to Ole Miss back in March. Now, for so, for some reason or another, uh, Auburn's quote unquote ace Joseph Gonzalez didn't throw that weekend, so Ole Miss hasn't seen Gonzalez yet. So, if I you know if I'm Butch Thompson and 
if I'm Butch Thompson, I'm, I'm rolling Gonzalez out there and um, take my chances in game two. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And honestly, um, that's kind of what I had here written down for some of these pitching matchups is uh, we don't know who the Tigers are going to roll out there, but we kind of have a good feeling and who the Rebs are going to roll out there. And I think, I think it's safe to say that we're going to project that Dylan Delush is going to throw here. He's six and two on the year with a 4.35 ERA, 88 strikeouts, 26 walks, and 78.2 innings pitched. I mean, this is a guy that's been really good for Ole Miss down the stretch of the regular season into the NCAA tournament. He's given them a great. Uh, he's been a great number one for them after they had to completely redesign this pitching staff. Um, and then right behind him, Hunter Elliott's been exceptional as the number two as a true freshman. So like you mentioned, Auburn's the one that's kind of just up in the air. We don't know where they're going to go here. Their ace Hayden Mullins is now out for the year. And like you mentioned, Auburn's new number one, isn't really automatic in uh, trace bright. So he was only able to get two outs in his last start against Oregon state, which doesn't give you much confidence in the guy either. Um, the other guy, like you mentioned, is Joseph Gonzalez. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez on the year is seven and three with a 295 ERA, 47 strikeouts, 14 walks in 73.1 innings pitched. And he has not faced Ole Miss. Ole Miss has not seen him yet. Um, I did not look to see if he came out of the bullpen, but um, I don't believe they definitely didn't see him as a start. I know that. So, and then Trace Bryce, just for his seasonal stats, he's four and four with a 523 ERA, 86 strikeouts, 38 walks in 75.2 innings pitched. Auburn does have a very good bullpen, though, in Blake Burkhalter, who has 15 saves, 66 strikeouts, only seven walks. And War Eagle behind him has guys like Tommy Sheehan and Carson Skipper, Chase Alsup and Jordan Armstrong, who really pieced together some key innings against the Beavers. But the Rebels bullpen has only given up. They haven't given up a run in 17.1 NCAA tournament innings. So far, they've been led by Josh Gaddis, who's got 43 innings pitched on the year with 43 strikeouts, 16 walks. And also their new closer, Brandon Johnson, who has 11 saves with 52 strikeouts and 17 walks on the year. They also have Jack Washburn, Mason Nichols, and Jack Darty that has participated into those 17.1 runless innings. So uh, what's your competence, uh, confidence on the pitching staffs here? And uh, where are you going to land picking this game on the money line, Randy? Um, this is completely coming down to who Auburn starts here, but if they go with Gonzalez, I'm, I'm taking Auburn on the money line. I, I just think that he is, um, he, he's an arm that they haven't seen. Um, I, I did check. He, he took a couple of weeks off in early March. So, um, for some reason, I don't know if he had some issues with his arm or whatever, but he, he, he didn't throw. And I think that that's going to be key for Auburn. And, um, it, you know, if they do go ahead and start him, if they start trace bright, everything, you know, that I just said, just throw it out the window. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that they're going to be smart, smart enough to start Gonzalez. Hopefully. And, um, like you said, with, the, with their pin, uh, I believe they'll get it done. I'm, I'm really big on Carson Skipper and there you, you mentioned him and he had, uh, you know, three, uh, shutout innings in that game one win against Oregon state. And he came back in, um, and had, uh, some really effective innings in game three against Oregon state to help Auburn, uh, win that Corvallis regional. So I see, uh, Auburn, uh, on the money line, uh, here and, uh, that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, I kind of leaked like my key to the game here, and that's to not let Cole Foster get on in front of 
the share. Um, you don't want to be putting yourself in a bad spot with probably the second best hitter in the country coming up to bat. Um, you do not want any guys on base, let alone in scoring position when he's at the plate. Um, for me, I'm just going to go with what I've been seeing out of this Rebels bullpen. I think it's really it's a really hot team right now, both the arms and the bats. They're playing really well. And all the way back in March, Ole Miss won this series by uh, two to one, two games to one. And that was before they completely redesigned their bullpen. Auburn hasn't seen Dylan DeLucia as a starter yet either. And I really like the way the kid's been pitching lately. Uh, Ole Miss has won five of his last seven starts. I'm going to go with Ole Miss on the money line at minus 140. You're on Auburn if Gonzalez pitches at plus 120. That's a huge if there. The over-unders at 10, uh, over slightly juiced at minus 115. The under at minus 105. Randy, what are you thinking for the total? Are you going to stay away from these Omaha totals right now? Because we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, again, you know, I kind of always like to correlate these uh, totals with the money line. And, you know, I I see if if Gonzalez starts – I'm, I'm on Auburn and the under, uh, if, if Trace Bright starts, I'm on Ole Miss and the over. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty easy handicap for me. I'm just waiting to see who's starting for Auburn and that's going to dictate which way I go. Yeah. I kind of like running these trends too. And Auburn, all three of Auburn's games against Oregon state went under the total and, uh, Ole Miss, they won 10-0. I can't remember off the top of my head whether that one was an over and under. I believe it was honestly a over just because I think of, it was a push. I think it was a push. push. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember that Tanner being Hall 10 and I'm like and Delusha. So that was 10. Okay. So that was a push. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the second game was definitely under with a 5-0 score. So both of these teams have been playing the unders lately since the super regional rounds. Ole Miss and Auburn both put up football scores against their opponents in the regionals so again it's just really if you have if you have a feel and if you're buying that these balls are just juiced by the ncaa right now because we've one never seen a team put up 12 runs in a game ever in omaha this is according to the espn broadcast so if they're wrong it's not my fault i'm just taking it straight from them never ever 12 runs oklahoma did it in four innings and never ever was there uh there was 12 runs combined by eight total games before that Oklahoma game. And they put up 12 in the fourth inning. And then this tournament has already hit more home runs than the 1988 tournament, which only had three home runs total, which is ridiculous. So um, there's already been like seven hit in this tournament. Uh, Lastly, do you have, any any sort of lane maybe if gonzalez is on the mound do you like this plus one and a half at a minus 145 price um if uh yeah uh yeah i do um i I think that their bullpen is going to be enough to get it done after gonzalez and uh i'm i'm that confident in in him and his arm uh to get it done on the run line but you know uh it like i said it comes down to it comes down to what bush thompson wants to do and by the way, uh, ESPN is full of shit. Uh, they they said that nobody's ever scored twelve runs in Omaha in this in this stadium. Yeah, no single team had scored twelve in the new stadium. Okay, well, I mean, uh, okay, well, I, I know that Stanford scored. Uh, they beat uh, Arizona last year, fourteen to five. And the only reason oh, I know that go. is because I was I was going through their their box scores last year to see you know what <laughs> players were were still here. So I'm not trying to sound like a know it all or anything, but. That was probably Ravage. 
it was to sound like he you know he, it was yeah. that, yeah, that's he, what he, i he get for it. believing in espn when they only cover uh college baseball one time a weekend in the sec and then one time a year in uh may and june yeah well i, I normally like ravi but you know i do too um, I don't, I don't, I don't know where he's coming in, uh, coming, coming, coming from there. I, th- I think we need to get bi- uh, big, big Ben McDonald yeah. on, uh, on the, on the night, on the primetime um, broadcast. I saw he's on in the afternoon, but um, yeah, you're a big Ben so, guy. Did you see that video oh of boy. him picking up that armadillo? The oh yeah. No, no, he's, that was hilarious. his, um, yeah, his, his Instagram is great. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of good hunting and, uh, you know, outdoors type stuff on his Instagram. He's, he, he's a good old boy. So, yeah. Uh, Yep. Love me some bit. All right. Well, I mean, this was fun, dude. And do you have anything to add on these two games or maybe uh, something to happen today or what you're expecting down the road here in the future? Just kind of like a team that you're really confident in could win it all. Uh, do you have any futures in line right now? Did you have any good hits throughout the tournament so far? Um, well, you know, after watching this uh, Notre Dame, Texas game, I mean, I'm just so impressed with Notre Dame. And yeah. I know it sounds sounds funny to say after they beat, you know, the greatest team of all, you know, of all time uh, last weekend. But they, they really proved it to me today that they can come back, uh, calm their nerves, um, you know, and, and get the job done in, in the highest pressure situation there is. Uh, so I think it sets up really nice for Notre Dame um, going through going through that side of the bracket. So, um, you know, with. Oklahoma, we all know that they're they're you know the starters behind Jake Bennett aren't much to speak of. They're yeah, and they threw David to Sandlin today in relief, mm, mm. which is their number yeah, so two. So they're probably going to have to come with Cade Horton, maybe if Sandlin threw too many pitches. I don't know what his total was at when he finished. Yeah, I think it sets up really nice for Notre Dame, and of course, you know I'm I'm high on Stanford, but it's kind of hard to pick against one of these SEC teams. So. I think this uh, this bracket today, these games that are starting today are going to be, um, you know, th- this is going to be the fun one to watch. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, very impressive showing by Notre Dame today after, you know, it could have easily been a letdown spot after a super regional win against Tennessee. And then they ran through a very bad matchup in my eyes, a heavily right-handed Texas Longhorns lineup that kills left-handed pitching. And, they only gave up three runs total, and it was a lefty and John Michael Bertrand who went six or seven. I don't have it in front of me. And then Finley came in and threw two. Both of the lefties came in and threw excellently, and this uh, lefty, true freshman and Jack Finley is just going out there with no regards of how big the moment is. You know, He's just looked so well this postseason. So um, thank you for coming on, Randy. This was a, a ton of fun, and I love talking to you guys in the Slack channel. So uh, just keep up the comments. I love it. And you've been doing it all year. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Cause I know you're a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to uh, one college baseball in general and two, uh, some of the lines that are coming out on these games and today or this year has been great because it was the first full year that we've truly had lines and odds out for every game for every weekend during the regular season and not just in postseason time. So um, yeah. Do you want to give out any social media that the f- fans and followers can follow you on? Um, yeah, you can just find me on the Slack. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not too active there. So I uh, definitely recommend the Slack channel and not, not just for the college uh, baseball channel, which, you know, I'm happy to have kind of helped, um, you know, grow a little bit this year, but um, SGPN has channels for anything 
anything you can think of that you want to bet on. Um, you know, so um, I highly recommend joining the Slack and, uh, you know, joining it on the phone. Yeah, man. Um, so with that said, uh, I'm going to wrap up the podcast here. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. That's the word 70, the number 7NB. You can follow the show, The College Baseball Experience, at TCE on SGPN. Uh, like, favorite, comment, review, subscribe to wherever you're listening to this or getting the information from on whatever podcast feed you're listening to or social media. Um, thank you all for listening. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos. <laughs>